Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates. I'm delighted to be joined today by Anna Taku. Anna, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, the pleasure is all mine because I'm sat here with the reigning EA Masters <laughs> valuer. So congratulations. <laughs> Woo, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh. Just only really sunk in now after a week of back to work. But yeah, yeah, it's great. And I, I was, I was buzzing. As you know, I was, I was, I was there uh, at the EA Masters, and I was buzzing in the room for you when I saw your name come up. Um, like I think out of all the awards I've seen, that was the one I got most excited uh, about because I knew how much it meant you and how much you'd, you'd worked for it. Thank you, um, I appreciate that. Behind the scenes, like how how much work has has gone into that because. I quickly did a little bit of research before this Zoom. And if I'm not mistaken, your your like Instagram account, so professional account, I think you started last October. Correct, yeah. And you've been nothing, from my point of view, nothing but consistent with it. So talk to us about all the hard work behind the scenes that's got you to, to that title. Well, it's, it's quite interesting because I think, because I've been working at location, location, I think it's going to be my seventh or eighth year this December. Feels okay. longer. Um but I've only had that account for a year, and I think it's only been a year that people have actually known I exist, yeah. <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, it just shows the power of it. But, yeah, it's it's been a lot of work, and I think we discussed it at the A Masters. I think up to only about a month ago, I was on 600. I mean, I'm not on a lot. I'm on just over 1,200 followers, but it's taken a lot to even get to that. And I think it was just a month ago I was at 600. Um, right. And I think we touched on Tanya Baker, of course. Yeah. So I love following Tanya. I think she's great. Um, and how quick, um, from being consistent, but how quick her following grew kind of in a way overnight, but no one saw the work that was done before that. Um, so it is hard work. It's definitely difficult trying to keep creating content. And, you know, I'm an estate agent. I'm not an influencer. I'm not any of those yeah. things. So it takes a lot of work to try and, and, and you've been great with giving advice, um, you know, whenever I've reached out to you. But I think trying to recreate content and really thinking outside of the box and doing it when you're not getting any likes, you're not getting any responses, you're not getting anything like that. And it's just keep going, um, just keep doing it. And it's still not where I want it to be, but we're on the right path. So why then, so so why a year ago then? So you've been doing doing it seven, eight years of location, yeah. location. What, what happened? Why October 22, you went, I'm doing it? I think it was foreseeing how quickly the estate agency uh, industry is changing, to be yeah. honest with you, and I didn't want to fall behind. Um, and I think I have really great relationships with my clients already, um, and the people that I do deal with, Touchwood, I get good feedback from. Um, so I was like, okay, all I'm doing it all day, every day is calling, calling, calling prospects, trying to get in front of clients. And it just kind of hit me, and I was like, what are you doing? It's an unlimited audience. Yeah. Easiest way to get in front of people with minimal effort, realistically. Um, and of course, off the back of that, it just makes the rest of my job a hell of a lot easier on valuations, et cetera. So um, I think it's understanding why I wanted to do it and in a way reinvent myself somewhat um, to grow further within my career because the same things you do today isn't going to get you to where you want to be tomorrow. Um, so I had to get really uncomfortable really quickly and adapt. And now I feel like I've got my rhythm with it and my own style, which I want to continue getting better at um but yeah that's what kind of changed it was a bit of a light bulb moment of you've got so much of an audience there and you're just not not opening yourself up to them but what what was it like at, at, at the start you must have had reservations concerns you must have been nervous getting on camera because you said you're not an influencer yeah. you're an estate agent so what was that like that battle I mean, some of them were shocking <laughs> 
<laughs> they're shocking um i mean anyone who knows me i think I, I am quite a big character. I can be a little bit loud. I can be, you know, um, like that. And I think at the beginning, it was trying to understand who I wanted to come across as. And I think yeah. everyone has that. It's like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, you start thinking too much about how you want to come across. And I think the beginning, I was really trying to be overly polished. And I was born and bred in North London. I'm never going to speak the Queen's English. And to be honest, I, I don't think I ever should go go in that direction that's not authentic to me um so i think the beginning was quite difficult trying to figure out how i wanted to come across um and then eventually you kind of realize that people find people um if someone wants to work with me because they want to work with me specifically not who i'm pretending to be or trying yeah. to be um and to not try and compare myself to those other agents that are very successful on social media but um might have a different approach or might be um, looked at slightly differently or whatever it may be and just be completely authentic with who i am and people will appreciate that hopefully eventually <laughs> yeah well I I remember when I came to see you guys and I, I think when you were sat at, uh, at the back of the office as I came in and I can't remember my exact words but it's something like I recognize you from the video like <laughs> like we'd never spoken before ne never interactive but I'm aware of but I was just like yeah I recognize you and it's like probably sounds really weird but I'm saying it but it but it was true and the same thing happened with with Megan I think Megan was the first person I saw when I walked in and we'd never spoken before yet we felt like we we knew one another from from social media just on something you'd said as well um just retracing my my steps on a note I I put um you said about the follower count so it's it's mm -hmm. grown a, a fair bit recently but I looked at the viewing figures like behind your account and it just goes to show that actually you don't need to have a stupid amount of followers to get thousands yeah. tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people viewing as well right correct yeah um correct and that's exactly it. i think we need to really pull ourselves away from what we feel is important in terms of results on social media and how we measure that and i think everyone does measure likes comments um and that kind of thing whereas i look at the reach what is the reason why i'm doing this if i'm doing a property tour it's because I want to reach more people than Right Movers Zoopla ever would. Um, so, for instance, you know, if I have a property in the market in the first two weeks, on average, we'll attract 800 to up to 2,000 views. As you saw in one of those videos, I think we attracted 330,000 on one of them. Um, and that was the purpose of it. So I'm not going to look at the likes. I'm not going to look at the comments. All I care about is the interaction. How many people has that reached to? So my sellers can be confident I've exposed it as much as possible within this market You know, we, we've really worked hard to, to get that. And that is genuinely the best the market's going to give now. Um, that's the more important stats, I think, on these social media accounts um, when they're professional, for sure. But I think everyone does look at the, I think you mentioned in a few of your podcasts, kind of the vanity aspect um, of how you look and how many people are interacting. I mean, I've had some awful comments on mine. <laughs> awful. <laughs> but you expect that. You put out content, expect that. But I'm not looking at those awful comments. I'm looking at how many people have interacted, how many have messaged me personally for the brochure and want to come for a viewing. Because yeah. that's all I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it for the, the spotlight. And people say, oh, you know, you look great. Or that property is beautiful. And I love your presentation. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it to get it sold. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I, I really like what you said about the, it just made me think like if I was in a, a living room now uh, on, on a market appraisal uh, as an agent, I'm with a, a potential seller and go, look, statistically speaking, on right move in that first week or two, you're going to get 2,000 views or whatever it was roughly said. But with our marketing, we're going to get you this amount of views from this kind of like discretionary market. These people who don't even realize yet that they want to move. They're not hanging out on Rightmove or again, Rightmove. Someone might search in a different location from Stoke Newington 
exactly. and they have no intention of living in Stoke Newington. The exactly. way the portals work, you can't yeah. like have these. You, so yeah, no, I I love that. I think that's very very we've powerful. We've actually had that. We, we we've actually sold a um a property that was over two million. Uh, uh, I believe it was last Christmas now. And this is when I think I bought into it the most. This is when I started pushing. So when I saw the, the evidence that it works. Um, and we had this beautiful property, one of the most expensive you'll find in the area. And we had two local buyers that were offering over 2 million, but not quite what we wanted. Because they know the area. They know what the prices are like. And funny enough, the video actually captured a couple completely at the area on top of North London. Never would have even known this property existed. Because they saw the video and saw it had a large garden, which is all really they wanted, they're the ones that came in and paid the asking price. So that, that that story in particular is what definitely gave me the momentum to continue forward and to confidently sell that service to yeah. our buy our sellers. Yeah, I was just, when you just I was just thinking that as you said it, like you can sit in someone's living room and go, We had offers on it, not quite what we we wanted it to achieve and what the sellers wanted, but we got this buyer through a different method um yeah so so powerful um right i'm gonna throw a curveball at you because you said before you hit record there might be a curveball so you know yeah. why why <laughs> why are you referred to as fiber optic on the location because <laughs> i do everything quickly um okay. so whilst it's whilst it's um probably a, a skill it can also hinder at the same time but um i'm i'm purposely trying not to speak fast right now especially when i'm excited <laughs> I speak very fast. They they take the mick out of me and say that I sound like an MC sometimes. Okay. <laughs> um, sometimes it does sound like that. Um, but I'm just very fast paced. I've been like that since a kid. You know, if I'll be in the exam room, I'll be the first to finish the exam. You know, even walking, you would have to jog next to me. Um, I'm just a very fast paced person. And sometimes it's hard to keep up with. <laughs> um, and it's quite an obvious thing. You'll hear me running around the office or you'll hear me talking a million miles an hour or doing you know, multiple different things throughout the day, just trying to get it all in. Um, so that is where the nickname derives from. Um, I'm Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> so if you, um, the way you've just said Speedy Gonzalez, that's reminded me, so uh, throwing a curveball in. When I was at, when I was at school, uh, this is like 20 years ago, um, I can't remember what it was. It was like in a maths class. I can't believe I'm telling this story. Uh, I was in a maths <laughs> class and someone like had to go out to the front of the room and solve a, a problem on the whiteboard and me out of nowhere I just went whoa Speedy Gonzalez and everyone, <laughs> everyone started calling me Speedy Gonzalez like that nickname stuck for quite a bit and I actually think a few years ago I was out out on a night out on where uh, where I sort of grew up and used to go to school and someone saw me across the bar and went whoa Speedy Gonzalez <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you think of the things at school that can uh, that can stick um, it, it does it does yeah so with with speedy gonzalez thing and you doing a lot of video content on socials that there, there must be a lot of outtakes then uh there can be i mean you see them at the end of every year we don't yeah. hide our outtakes i find them bloody hilarious sometimes i enjoy them more than the videos <laughs> um but yeah, there is a lot of what to. I think again, I don't, I don't script anything, um, so I don't think there leaves a lot of room for error. It's just quite natural. Yeah. Um, so whilst we take care yeah, two or three takes, it's, it's quite funny because probably when you see the end of this year's outtakes, it is going to be me I'm seeing. <laughs> when I get things wrong, I just go straight to a rap. Uh, believe it or not. Um, but there are some. But you know, we have a lot of fun with it, and I think that's what's the most important thing is is having the right team around you. We can have fun with it and they make you feel comfortable. Um, and thankfully, because of that, even the outtakes is bloody gold. You know, we yeah. can even use those, and we don't feel embarrassed by it. Like we're normal human beings. You yeah. know, I'm not a qualified presenter. I'm not BBC. Um, so yeah, um, we do do it as quickly as possible. But I think 
again, the speed is what allows us to get out as much content as possible because, you know, done is better than perfect. Um, so it depends what it is. If it's a property tour, we will, of course, take as much time as possible because that's a paid-for service. But any other content, you know, behind the scenes or advisory videos, half the time I do it in my car. Um, uh, I've got a mentor through Agents Together, which is um, Alex Buchanan, who's brilliant. He's gone self-employed most lately, and he's brilliant at just getting content out. Um, and he's only said to me, stop thinking about where you're going to do it, how you're going to do it. He was like, just get a bloody post-it note, write down what you want to say, stick it on your review mirror, and just record it in your car. Because that five minutes you've got in between, that's when you can get your content done. Um, because the more and more work you've got on, you can't let that slip because that's what's going to create more and more business. So it's just finding ways to get the content out, keep the quality high where it's necessary. Um, but ultimately, people don't care if you're in your car or not. You know, they want to hear what you've got to say. So, yeah, sometimes being fast is helping me get the content done. But at the same time, you've got to be very careful to not let the ball drop because you're being too quick. Sometimes slow is quicker um and and gets the job done much more efficiently i think what's the saying slow is smooth smooth is fast that's the one and i was trying to think of it because we always say it in the office <laughs> i couldn't we're, we're, we're in yeah. um just from what you're saying about the being in the car i think that's that's so true and there's particularly in the state agency and, and what i do as well there can be a lot of in inverted commas dead time so like for example uh we jumped on this call at midday and I think I finished another call at quarter to 12. So there's a 15 minute gap there. And it could be so easy for me to just go to my phone and just flick through socials and just yeah. procrastinate. Whereas I've, I've made a real conscious effort, um, particularly in the last few months of that 15 minutes, actually how many things, and not, not speeding and cutting corners, but what can I do in those 15 minutes to actually still, you know, can I reply to some emails? Can I listen to a bit of a podcast? Um, things like that. And and I love what you said of being in the car, because there's going to be time, isn't there, where someone's running late for a viewing and you've got five minutes or the first viewing takes a lot quicker than you thought, sorry, is a lot quicker than you thought it was going to be. Again, you've got five minutes. And I think back to my stage days and I'd probably sit there in my car moaning about someone being late. Stop moaning <laughs> and do something productive with the time you've just got back. Like I have it now someone's late to a call or they say sorry i got to cancel last minute i'm like amazing you've just given me time back in my day we're, we're in an industry where we're always complaining we haven't got enough time yeah yeah and the more that the industry develops the more things that we have to do in order to warrant our place in this industry so our workload isn't getting any lighter it's only getting heavier so trying to really find those little few minutes that can allow you to do more and be as productive as possible. I mean, I was freaking out. I'll be honest. I couldn't log on to the Zoom <laughs> about five minutes, 10 minutes beforehand. Um, so one of the market guys was just sorting it all out for me because I'm not the IT geek. Um, <laughs> so in that time, I posted one of my reviews and it was like, I know I've got to do that at some point today, but I'm back to back for the rest of the afternoon. It was like, well, why are you guys sorting that out? Let me quickly post it. And it's not fancy. It's not, it's just, it is what it is, but it's getting that post out. Um, and just making sure, like you said, getting those emails, getting those calls done, because otherwise it just piles up and then you're doing more overtime than ever before. I'm burning yourself out. And it's an industry is so easy to burn yourself out. As you were discussing conference week last week. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were back to back. But it's important then for you to have this week as mainly admin week, catching up with things, recharging your batteries. So then you've got another hard week next week by the sounds of it. And, you know, you can perform as best as you can. But I think where we over pressurize ourselves to 
do more, 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 more. We, we don't actually take a step back and go, okay, how can I actually organize my day? So if today I'm fully booked appointments, tomorrow I'm more in the office and I can replenish that energy yeah, yeah. and be more productive, but more effective um, because no one's great on camera with clients or, or negotiating when you're bloody knackered, <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. important to be conscious of that and make sure your diary fits around that to allow you to recharge batteries. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I, I love everything you said there. And it made me think like on the Sunday, initially i think i felt guilty of spending too long in bed like snoozing my alarm but and then i went that's my body telling me you've had a full-on week take the extra hour whatever it was to to make sure that you, that you're okay um and just on set i can hear my dogs like crying in the background because i think there's a oh. amazon delivery uh so it's slightly <laughs> slightly distracts me um something uh you were saying about using your time and you said that, that someone was sorting out the it situation so in that 15 minutes i had one of the things i did was go to instagram and just go just want to double check did i send the the zoom information to anna has she got everything she needs while there, it showed you had a live story. I clicked on it and it was literally what you just said, the review. So I like when you said it, I was like, I've literally seen you post that 30 minutes ago. So again, I love that you've said uh, you've had a period of time, five, 10 minutes, whatever it is, where computer's not working in readiness for this. What can you do at that time? And you've gone and posted that review. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> Practicing what you preach. Um Right. So just on reviews, actually, I didn't mean to transition this so well, but it ties in nicely. Uh, <laughs> location, location, Stoke Newington have 649 Google reviews at an average of yeah. 4.9 stars. That's not good enough. Okay. So there'll be agents listening to this going, oh, my God, how has one branch done that? You just that's not good enough. So can you elaborate on that? We want to be five star um, and I think it's always keeping your standards high because I think as soon as we go, wow, that's more than everyone else. We're not trying to be like everyone else. Um, and, you know, you can always outdo the competition. but There's always someone else out there that's, that is better um, and that you need to be better than. So, you know, I think once it went to like 4.7 and when I mean we're devastated. Right. We've done everything in our power to get that back up. So for us, it's um, just making sure from start to finish you're giving that good service. And it's so hard to get a bloody Google review, especially as a sales agent, because of that transaction time so long. You know, you could absolutely nail the valuation, nail the sale. You can even nail all the sales progression. You still don't get a review. Some of my best sales... I haven't had a review and it was just, and I'm like, oh my God, I've got you like 150 grand over. Everything went through smoothly. I saved you money on what you're buying. Where's my review? <laughs> you know, But it's all about doing that every single time. Um, and then that will convert because that's social proof. And um, for me on evaluation, when they ask me a million and one questions and who should they choose, it all derives back to what other people say. It doesn't matter yeah. what I'm saying. It's other people's experience of us. And I find people only write review if they've had an amazing experience or a really crap one. Yeah, there's never an in between unless you've given them incentive or something like that, which is not something we do. We, we genuinely want to have them to know that we're doing a good job, um, not to pretend we're doing a good job. So, um, I mean, we've, we've been again last week, we touched on it with the team. We're like, my God, we've had some completions and our reviews. Um, they've done their follow up calls, made sure everyone settled in well. And then two came in yesterday. Um, and it was like, you've got to keep on top of it and be aware of them, too. But also don't drop the ball once everything completes or a tenant moves in. Check in. How did they get on? Was everything okay? You know, and showing that you can, it's not just about you getting that completion fee and now you're just a number in my completion box and off we go. It's, they're also going to be your new sellers or your new landlords or whoever they are going to be in the future. But also what we like to say internally, your sneezes. 
the ones that are going to be talking about you to other people. Um, so how you treat them from start to finish is super important. Um, and even post-completion is, is probably the most important thing. And I think if every agent done that, you probably would have a lot more reviews because people are wanting to do it, not so much because you're asking or incentivizing. Yeah, so, so true. I love that. Uh, the sneezes thing, I've just written down. So there's a couple of things I want to run back through uh, with you there. So on the Google reviews, um, yeah, I had a system process in place asking for reviews and uh, this might slightly come out the wrong way. So I apologize in advance, but um, <laughs> I left the role where I was an estate agent um, mid-February 2020 um and we're recording this in the latter end of 2023 my business is eight months old now i've had more google reviews in my business than my old branch has had in the time since i left and i don't I, that's not like a i don't mean that as a <laughs> thank you thank <laughs> i you. should celebrate that that's an amazing achievement thank you for leaving me a review by the way <laughs> um but but <laughs> i was so on the reviews as was another colleague of, of mine who's no longer in that business we were so on it and we loved getting reviews um and Oh, I can't remember what the saying is, but is it like when you say about how amazing you are, it can be perceived as arrogant, but if someone else says it for you, it's social proof. So again, that's what the reviews are doing for you. And the amount of times where you be sat in someone's living room and it's like, oh, who, who recommended you? And they go, well, you didn't come recommended, but your reviews are amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, the review side of things, I was all over that. And actually when it was Christmas sort of time, uh, I would email all the buyers and sellers from that year. Merry Christmas. You know, congrats on the first one in your new home. FYI, if yeah. you haven't left us a review, if you could, and if there's one person you know that's thinking of moving next year, that used to get traction every year. Um, and I love what you said about like the checking in because I would ring up a week after completion. Let's say I ring you, hey Anna, how's the house? And you go, yes, yeah, really good. I'm having a bit of trouble with the boiler. Oh, what is it? Let me just find. Okay, I'll ring the previous owner. You go and get yeah. that information from the owner, and then you give it back to them. They're like, oh, that's funny. They still care after they've been paid their commission. Exactly. Exactly. And, that's, and then, that's, that's, that's good agency. That's great agency. That's what we should be doing rather than people feeling like a transaction. Yeah. Um, and I think I think where, where people, do, I guess where agents might go wrong is because people don't move that often in their lifetime. It's only, you know, most people you can count it on one hand. If that, if they move, yeah. um, I think I think the statistic is something like nearly 60% or 54% is passive. Um, not a lot, sorry, 19% so or something like that is about passive. There's quite a small percent, a percentage that, that's passive. No one moves. But it's, if you look after that one person, even if they transact just twice, people prefer to use the same person. They prefer to go back to what they're familiar with to make their life easy. Moving, forget about us and the agency. Everything about it is difficult for them. Packing, finding, schools, all these different things. Um, so the easier we can make that for them, which means they return return customers. Yeah. I've been at Location Care for seven years, and I've probably this year I've had about seven that I've sold to in the past four years have come back to resell. Wow. That is easy business. Yeah, yeah. I don't hardly have to do anything. Because they know what their experience has been like. I've touched base, continue to touch base throughout. Um, I think you mentioned uh, before when we met, you said, I remember your photo in that window box. Uh, the, the, the the video that I've done of that lovely property with the extension, there was a window box and I was sitting in it. And yeah, I had that as my profile yeah. photo. That property took me over three years to get to market. Um, I valued that. I think it was back in 2019. They were thinking of a move. Um, then COVID hit. Then I went back again. Then she fell pregnant. Then I went back again. Um, 
But I asked the right questions, such as, you know, what's the kid's name? Oh, she was pregnant. When's the due date? And things like that. And made sure I kept in touch. How are you getting on? Dropped off a present. These little things. And it was just genuinely I wanted to. And then when she came to want to sell, I hadn't even spoken to her for about maybe two, three months. And it was a no-brainer. So you need to really look after those people, and especially the ones you're already interacting with. That is reoccurring business without you having to prospect. We spend so much time prospecting, trying to find business, door knocking. When your buyers are your next sellers, look after them. If they're not, they will recommend you to their brother, their sister, their friend. Um, so I think everyone's missing a huge trick, spending that extra hour a week going through those people you previously dealt with, rather than spending another hour doing cold calling, new prospects, trying to build a relationship. You've got one there that you can develop. So on on um, a couple of things you said there, like the whole relationship over transaction and that relationship you've built with that client since 2019, um, it's because you're like a decent human being, like asking, you know, how's the pregnancy going or what what are you going to name it and how's it all going? Because you you genuinely care um, yep. and the byproducts and the outcome will be, they're like, Anna's a nice person, not only that, they're, they're great estate agent, et cetera. And just on that, of you never know where the recommendations are going to come from. I recommended you recently, right? <laughs> and you did. there's there's no ulterior there's no ulterior motive there, and this happened for for a few agents. But uh, I obviously um, come across agents up and down the country of all different shapes and sizes, oh. and and I'll have friends, family in different parts of the country who go, "Do you know anyone in that area?" Or I might even have agents I work with in Milton Keynes who say, "Do you know anyone in?" that area and uh obviously the one i sort of passed passed your way is because i just know you guys are, are great agents and great people and see a person that had had been passed your, your way has had a very <laughs> not a great experience um and and yeah and that the friend of a friend there um or the actual friend sorry where i i, I recommended you uh i've recommended him to sell his house at, at the moment i can't remember if i told you this and Long story short, uh, that property's on the market, has got an offer on it. And there are three valuations that have been booked off the back of that listing through buyers with houses mm. to sell. Now, that's that original referral has come from me recommending an estate agent because they are a yeah. decent human being and a very good agent. Again, yeah. they might have had conversations with me at awards, conferences, mm. not even worked with me. And I might say to that, so my friend, I'm really digressing now, but my friend said, oh, I'm thinking of going with X. I went, they're good, but you should go check out this agent. And they did. Yeah. And that's how that's developed. So you never know where just being a, a decent human being and offering sound advice, where that's going to get you. Um, and just on on the bit, you, you mentioned the words fun and comfort earlier. And I, I don't think a kind of a, a podcast or a webinar with someone from location location goes by without kind of culture being mentioned. And yeah. <laughs> I definitely got that vibe when I came to your office. I was really excited about it. It was really fun. It was comfortable. Like I, I felt comfortable the moment I walked through the door and it was fun. You know, there was, there was lots of hard work. It was right. How can we learn? How can we get better, provide a better, you know, service outcomes to the client? But it was fun along the way. Um, so inside the four walls of your your business you can see from social media you guys work incredibly hard but you have fun along the way right yeah correct um i'm naturally built like that i'm, I'm quite a fun loving person and 
I, I find that people, when they're happy, they obviously work harder um, and they thrive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have built a fantastic culture. Now, with every business, you know, you've got to work your way towards that. And I think really is when we're getting, you know, after kind of the Brexit market 2016, when we really had to kind of get nitty gritty as a team. Um, and I think it's just been open and candid. And we have multiple meetings as a team where we say that to each other. Don't take it personally. You know, go back to the four agreements. Go back to this. Go back to that. Don't take, but be candid. And we try to obviously with a very respectful manner. You never talk to anyone in a certain certain way. But it's if there's something bothering someone, we get it dealt with. And it's personally with that person, get it dealt with, run it out, and back for you go. So there's always it's always nice and fun, and everyone's got a good um, good connection with each other, good rapport with each other. I, I can't point out one person in this team where it's like. They're a, bit, they're a bit annoying sometimes and that kind of thing. I can be annoying because I'm one of the people too. <laughs> but overall, we like to try and have fun and work hard because I think if you're expecting the best out of your staff, you've got to give them the best at the same time yeah. um, and, and make sure it's enjoyable because it can be a tough job and it can be grueling and you spend more time with each other than you do with your family or your loved ones. So it's really important to have that dynamic and learn how to let your hair down as well as roll up your sleeves and, and get stuck in. Yeah, so true. I, I love that. Um, going back to something you said earlier about um, like being authentically yourself, you said you're, you're, you're North London through and through. Um, again, speaking about location, location, can't not speak about community because you guys are heavily involved in your community in, in Stoke Newington. Yeah. So again, what being North London through and through, what, what does that mean to you with like the support that you have in the community? Um, well, I think as well, because it's not directly the area that I grew up in, but ultimately it all filters out. And, you know, it's it's about really kind of understanding what they need, because that comes through as an agency. You know, we've been here for 17 years. So so we're well embedded within the community. And there's a lot of things that we can do to help that people don't realize that you can do. Um, so, for instance, you know, of course, we've been doing the computer for schools. Um, and I remember and I went to see my old primary school not too long ago. And whilst it's not directly in Hackney, it is in Tottenham, which is near us anyway. Um, it was kind of like, well, no, we don't have to just take care of our community. We can take care of the surrounding community. Anyone who needs help, why don't we do that? Why does it have to be just our patch? Anyone who's in need, let's do it. Um, and that's where the toy appeal comes in. Every year we've been running the toy appeal, um, collecting toys from our community for the poorest children in, in Hackney um, that won't get a present. And uh, I think the past two years, we've, we've filtered that out to many other local authorities where the community has been so generous. And now it's getting wider and wider. So, you know, we're not kind of got our blinkers on and in a, just a Stoke Newington bubble or Hackney bubble where we can filter out and help, but our core community is here. And of course we've put in as much as we can, but I think it's important, like you touched on it, just, just being someone who's bothered. Yeah. Somebody who just cares about people. You know, it's, it is a people's game ultimately. And I think that's where it came into more building personal brand in terms of social media, because people will work with people that they like and that they trust um, and that you have similar maybe grounds on and, and that kind of thing if you have a bad experience with a company you're still likely to go back if the person is there that you like dealing with uh, but if you have a bad experience with the person you won't go back to the company so you know everything that we do in that respect is very authentic and and vicky vicky is a very 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 caring person extremely caring um and it's great that she's really kind of filtered that up through the company where everyone feels how important it is and everyone does get stuck in with these things like with the food bank etc because you know as an md she can't do that on her own continuously supporting the community on her own so it has to be in our culture and in our dna for everyone to care about doing that and thankfully we've got a team that, that do 
Yeah, love it. You've what have you mentioned there? So you've got the computers uh, for schools. Um, you've mentioned the toys, the food bank. Uh, you have Battersea Dog Home. Uh, dog yeah. Home. I'm gutted I didn't go, by the way. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like we do as a as an industry, as a profession, we get such a bad rep. Like I've said this on the podcast before, being introduced at a golf club a dozen years ago and someone said, uh, oh, this is Simon, he's new at the club. Where's the shiny, shoot and, shiny suit and you can't trust him? And everyone goes, you're an estate agent. Like, yeah, yeah. And then what you've got what you're saying about the, the the work that's being done to to help those less fortunate i think there's just such good human beings uh who are estate agents and it's just not not shown enough i'll be completely honest and open i was those people too i didn't like agents <laughs> even when i was an agent i didn't like agents i'll be completely honest um i might, I might get throttled for this one but it's completely true and i think it's because of that perception that everyone has you know that kind of wide boy image you know just yeah doing people over and all that kind of thing. And I think it was probably from my experiences very early on in SA agency when I dealt with other competitors and the way that they treat me. But one thing I definitely can say, which was very overwhelming, I got, I don't normally get emotional, but I got very emotional after I won that award. And it was because of the reaction of the industry um, and the feedback I had from people. And it was unbelievable how supportive the yeah. industry's become um and how collaborative it's become and how much people celebrate each other and i've never been used to that previously in industry so my perception overall of industry estate agents everything's completely changed over the probably the past two years i'd say um and i'm very proud of the industry that we're, we're now in and how much it has changed unfortunately like every industry you're still going to have that pool um but when people give me that feel like you're just an agent, I make it my job to turn your perception around. Like I thrive off that. I, I, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to change everything you think about state agents or at least about us. Um, and I think if everyone has that mentality is, is, is not get offended by it, is proving people wrong that it's not everybody. You know, some of us are genuine good people. Yeah. Um, we do want to do the best for you, you know, um, and not do you over just for the commission. You know, I've walked away from multiple things when I benefit nothing from it um, because it's the right thing for the client. Um, and I think integrity is obviously something that it sometimes can be hard to come by um, in, in agency. But I think when you do hold your integrity and you hold yourself in a certain way that builds with your reputation, then people do trust you and will never see you like that. They see you as the person, not agent in the industry who has been tarnished with the same brush as everyone else yeah love that um have you this is a bit off topic but have you ever watched a uh comedy series called white gold i haven't actually no i recommend you watch it um i think it's on netflix uh it's got the actors who played jay and simon from the in-betweeners in it uh and it's got i don't know the guy's name but he's in uh gossip girl i've never seen that but he's in that and uh it's basically about 1980s double glazing salesman and referring to it as, as white gold yeah that is what i think a lot of people think of estate agents uh, in in that and yeah. if you if you watch it it is a really funny watch uh but also it makes you realize you're like oh my god yeah i've come across those agents and yeah make you realize even more you're on the right path and doing the right thing and yeah. that yeah, exactly. piece that you said about exactly and I think that's what I always said when I said before um I try not to compare myself to other people too much or like oh actually we're doing really well compared to these guys because that's the comparison sometimes that's not something to compare yourself to um one thing to be proud of that you're better than them because you know if you're if you're not 
executing good agency, then you shouldn't be using that as a measure. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's great to kind of break the stereotype. And I think it's quite enjoyable to do that. And yeah, I think people should be taking that on the chin. And it's like, it is what it is. You just have to identify, identify yourself as someone completely different. Um, it's not your job to change the, the perception of the entire industry because there's still going to be people that are yeah. going to not allow you to do that. So as you, all you can control is how you come across um, and how people perceive you. And ultimately, without those people, you can't stand out. So Yeah, yeah that's such a good point. Such a good point, yeah. And uh, just uh, before I move on to a few quick fire questions, you've just reminded me as well, um, you've just had someone new join your business and you talked yes. about uh, like after you won that award, how like everyone's messaging saying congratulations. And again, practicing what you preach. I know you shared it on socials as, as, as did others at Location Location about, you know, welcoming a new team member. Like yeah, <laughs> on my first full day in a state agency in the summer of 2009, I turned up in probably a very ill-fitting uh, suit from like Next or something. And I was looked up and down as if, you know, shouldn't he be at school? And it's like, can we help you? I was like, it's my first day. They had no idea <laughs> because the manager of the office, the director was on his honeymoon. They had no idea I was starting. So for the first week or two, I literally sat at a desk in the corner and they were like, like shadow us. Yeah. Like, so so to have that and you didn't just do it for for that when um when joel came back from i think he did a placement or work experience or something didn't yeah. he and i yeah. love the instagram video of well one when he passed his driving test yeah amazing. oh that's amazing and then when he came back and it's like what yeah. was it like the guess who's back or look who's yeah returning. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that just oozes like culture and yeah i loved i loved seeing it and i i, I can imagine how amazing they both felt when they when they joined the business and it's important because I think if what we what we talk about with time in the office is about how you make people feel. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got that really difficult vendor who's really stressed and it's taking a step back and be like, how, how are they feeling right now? And how can we make them feel a different way? Or are we making this worse? And we can't do that with clients without doing that with each other. Um, and the way that you set someone up, I mean, I think there was a meme or something that I might have seen on um, that kind of alpha something something instagram account um, which i love following and it said you know if you put someone next to a high performer they the, the, the chances of them being high performer increases and if you put someone next to someone who isn't a high performer that decreases and what was interesting it was the first day that he started yesterday um we touched on of course the instagram stuff that we do and, and etc and he obviously then saw some of the things that we produced that day and obviously the awards that were won and, and loads of different things before the end of the day, he already created his account. I saw. He's already yeah. been taking content. He's already been doing all of this stuff without me asking him to do it. And it's like, if you're demonstrating these things, your team will start doing it too. If you're not leading by example, they are not going to, and they're going to find the same excuses that you're finding as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see him get on, on his journey. But um, we, we're particular about who we hire. It needs to feel right. Um, so when we do hire, we throw everything at it and put everything into it. Um, prefer to have have less people and not rather than more not the right people and have to keep going through the same process um but luckily i think for a state agency i think the turnover is quite high with staff um genuinely majority of my negotiators have been here for i think one of them has been here now just uh, closing a year but the other two have been here for closing over four years wow. um so it's consistent people stay and i think it's only down to looking after each other um and rely on, not rely on just on the business but to do it for each other as well i think that's such a powerful 
point that you that you make there actually because the the time frames you've just said of a couple of people that's a long time in in a state agency and uh I, I was running a branch for half a dozen years and there was a particular point when uh, a negotiator wanted to go down and work in london fantastic that's what he wanted to do i was like please don't go but i get it um so uh, he went to do the the london thing uh and then one of my colleagues um uh step back uh because they had three children and they they just had to go do the parenting thing and concentrate fully on that because they'd worked so much during the early early years of their life now the reason i'm sharing that is that i had a couple of new people come into the team and it took so long to get momentum back like yeah. you think if you if you hire the wrong person or you have the wrong people in the team and and someone leaves like it can take so long to get back to where you were um and it took it took so long um so like if you have people leave and new people come in that that could take best part of a year to to get it to where you want to be so yeah very very powerful point on on getting the right team members uh retaining the right team members love that right so a couple of quick fire questions for you before we come on to the, the final question so i've i threw a curveball at you uh, earlier yeah. i'm not going to throw a curveball at you now so you listen to podcasts you know sort of questions i ask is there any prep work you've done where you're like he's going to ask me this so i'm going to have something ready i am uh, <laughs> i do like to be overly prepped but no 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 no, no. i didn't i don't think I don't, I don't know if there was anything i could even look into um okay. but genuinely i listen to your podcast anyway so i kind of had a brief idea um but to be honest you never know what's going to come out of your mouth time so <laughs> I, mean, I, I spoke about the speedy gonzalez thing earlier <laughs> I think that's why some people listen. They don't even like like a state agency. They just think, what what's he going to say this week? <laughs> um, so okay, so I'm going to throw a couple of quick fire questions then. So uh, if you were to recommend one book that a state agent should be reading, so one book they should read. Uh, so definitely think and grow rich. That was the first book Asad ever gave to me. Um, and one thing that has stuck, which I carry throughout, is the Mastermind Group. Um, they touch on all the most successful people. Um, you know Henry Ford, etc you cannot create um, a business or you basically can't do everything to the best of standards doing it on your own. And the quicker that people drop their ego and identify the skill set that's within their team and make each person in that team work um, fully into what they're best at rather than trying to get everyone on a, on a, on a on the same level playing field, level playing field, um, you're better collaborating together rather than doing something solely. Um, so for me, that was a great book, just to open up to working within a team and the importance of that. Um, so yeah, I, that book will always stick in mind because that was also the first one that I was given to when I started at Location Location. So it was quite sentimental as well. Cool. And in the last seven or eight years you've had at Location Location, mm -hmm. what's, the, what's the best piece of advice you've been given if you had to pick one? Oh, Oh, best or, what, piece of or what's the first thing that comes to mind? First thing that comes to mind, um, I think that's exactly it. It's probably about how you make people feel. Mm. The most important thing is what you say, how you say, what you do. Um, but it's ultimately world-class service. That's always something that sticks in my mind of who we want to be. And are we on that path? Today, have we given a world-class service? Have we not? And that's a measure that we, we I've used since day one being here and continue to, 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 to use with the team. So um, I think it's always ensuring having something to measure too. Um, and also, also understanding, I think Tanya again posted something the other day and I messaged her about it and I was like, spot on, Tan, because 
she was saying, you know, we become so desensitized in this industry when you do something day in, day out, transaction, 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 yeah. and you don't um, you don't really kind of get your feet back down to ground, understanding that this is probably the only transaction these people are going to have. It's the most expensive thing they're going to buy or sell. It's a highly emotional. So understanding that people might be feeling a certain way, um, that that's what's going to help you help them um, and being able to maneuver around that and not be desensitized to it. So I think it always comes back to what Vicky always says, remember how you make people feel. Um, and I don't think it's become any irrelevant the whole time that we've been here. It's more relevant than ever. Yeah, I love that. And I know I, I know the Instagram story you're referring to of what Tanya posted recently. Yeah. And when you've just said that, I I looked back to in my head of I'd been an agent for God, at, at least half a dozen years, maybe approaching a decade, when I bought my first house. And yeah. when I bought my first house, it gave me another layer of understanding and appreciation of what people go through because yeah. I was fine with it because I'd do it day in, day out. I, you know, if it said, if there's something to do with searches or a survey or a mortgage offer, it's, I was cool with it. But yeah. I realized, hang on a minute, how are people who don't do this every day going to feel? And then flip that. Once I then sold that house and bought the next one, yeah. I then realized again and added another layer. So yeah, I, I, I completely get that. Um, And apart from obviously this podcast, what yeah. do you listen to any other podcasts for? Uh I love Josh Vegan's one with yeah. um, Alexander Phillips. I'm a, I've been obsessed with it since day one, to be honest with you. Um, I I don't take in various different types of content. I, I do I take podcasts, etc. But when I like something, I stick to it. Um, and I was listening to them only yesterday, of course, about how to deal with you know changes in the market and changes of working, etc. And I always find there's there's nuggets of gold in there. So anyone who wants to start an industry, progress an industry. I think it's a no-brainer to listen to that podcast. Um, it helps you with your day-to-day, -day, um, who are going through the same things that we're going through now and able to advise you on how to overcome those. So, yeah, I think that's a brilliant podcast that I'm absolutely obsessed with. I think Josh Vegan has met, been mentioned a lot on this podcast. And for anyone listening who doesn't listen to Josh Vegan's podcast, do so. Do it. <laughs> do it. To, subscribe to his daily email as well. Yeah. Like The amount of gold that comes out of his daily email Um and don't look too closely, though, because then you'll see a lot of stuff I say is literally ripping off Josh Vegan. <laughs> but you've got, you got, you got, you got to learn from the best in R&D. Uh, exactly that. You've got to learn from the best. So, Right. OK, final question. Go on. You know what's coming, don't you? Oh. Dive a CEO conversation. Card. Yes. Oh, God. Go on. So, <laughs> this is where it can get really deep. Um, do you know what? This is so this is so funny, right? Um Okay, I mean, that's an intense question. Uh, but before I ask this question, it's yeah. asked by Wretch32. Okay. <laughs> when you're saying a, like MC and earlier, you've got like a yeah. rapper, you've asked a question. And the answer is by Diplo, which I'm assuming is the DJ. Yes. So yeah. it's, it's like that card was meant for you after what you said. Meant for me, um, the MCing estate agent. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a very short and sharp question. Okay. Very to the point. Why do you exist? Whoa. I know. Oh, that's a question and a half. Why do I exist? To make people's dark days slightly better. Um, I'm very much the kind of person who tries to find the silver lining in absolutely everything, um, no matter what you're going through. Um, 
And I think probably I do exist for that reason. I've, I've been surrounded by many people that have had their own struggles and things like that. And I'm very much about being a mental health advocate. Um, you know, I've done a previous podcast on that, interviewing on that. And it's something that's really close to my heart. So I think I try not to let things burden me too much, no matter how bad they are. And I try to filter that out to people around me and try to help them and coach them into maybe a better mindset of how to deal with certain things. So I think I exist to help people really see their own potential, get their head out of that kind of gray cloud and see the light at the end of the tunnel to help them dig a bit deeper and keep on going. Because I think sometimes you need that support to really help you understand and get you out of your own head sometimes. So that's why I exist. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I think what a great way to to answer a final question on what what's quite a. I think a lot of people would really struggle to answer that question. Um, Billy Gonzalez, you see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thought I thought genuine genuine uh, answer and and a, and, a, and a beautiful answer as well. And when you first started saying what you're saying, I was like, based on the conversation we've had, it didn't surprise me. But you said that and I mean that in a good way, but it didn't surprise me. So, yeah, what a conversation, uh, Anna. Uh, you haven't disappointed. So thank you very much for a lovely conversation. <laughs> uh, for everyone listening, do uh, go check Anna out on, on social. She's doing amazing things. And remember to like, subscribe, review, share all that jazz on the podcast. But, yeah, one last thing. Anna, thank you very much for being an amazing guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. As I said at the beginning, it's been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>